Eagles Entertainment. Eagle Eye in the Sky is fueled by Gatorade, the official sports drink of the Philadelphia Eagles. Anything that moves, I don't care who it is. Let's go. Give me everything you got. Play fast, play hard. Let's beat these boys tonight in their house. It's party time. It's party time. Let's go. Touchdown! You're listening to the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast. Now here's your host, Brand Duffy. That's right of the week, and the Eagles are coming home as the Eagle Line in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, continues. I'm Fran Duffy, and I think we've got a great show for you here on episode number 214. At the top of this week's show, we've got Chalk Talk, where I catch up with my friend Greg Cosell to talk about everything we saw from the Eagles' much-needed victory on the road against the Buffalo Bills, the previously 5-1 and one Buffalo Bills, as the Eagles come away with a win. Great run game, opportunistic defense, a lot to unpack here from the win. So Greg and I will jump into that as well. Let's talk about the Eagles making a trade on Monday afternoon. We'll break down that transaction as well before we break down exactly what we expect to see from the Chicago Bears as they visit Lincoln Financial Field on Sunday afternoon. After that, we'll transition into my scouting report where I'll break down rookie running back David Montgomery and my thoughts on him coming out of Iowa State this past spring. A lot to dive into there with the running, running rookie running back, their leading rusher there in the Windy City. But before we get into that, let's not waste any more time. Let's jump into the action here with Chalk Talk. Let's get down to business. It's time for Chalk Talk. All right, well, back again here for Chalk Talk on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade, none other than NFL Film Senior Producer Greg Cosell. You can catch him every week on the NFL Matchup Show. Greg, uh, welcome back to the Novacare Complex. Eagles uh, back in the win column yes. this week, a much-needed win, like I said earlier, uh, for this team, going on the road, coming back against a 5-1 and one Bills team. Without question. Um, you know, it was a big win, good way to kind of get into the, the month of November. Without question, and... And a very interesting game because of the weather conditions, obviously. So the game had to play out a little differently. It was funny watching the tape, and I know you saw the same thing, uh, because you could kind of see it more on the tape, believe it or not, from the end zone. (laughs) The play that I really remember was when he threw the pass to Goddard. Oh, man, it was like a a two-seam fastball. I know, I know. (laughs) I mean, and and you're talking about a pretty strong-arm quarterback, you know, but... And the deep ball that uh, that Josh Allen threw. Oh, yes. I mean, that thing just died Died, on the back end. Died, died. Lucky for the Eagles. Yeah, exactly right. Foster was was open. Yeah, I mean, the the win was absolutely a factor in this game. Um, You know, and you knew that from the jump. You knew that going in, and the both teams kind of prepared for that. Uh, the Eagles bought their run game. Uh, it was a huge, huge part of this win. They obviously run for uh, what was a record under Doug Peterson here uh, in Philadelphia, just under 220 yards. Um, it was an awesome performance on the ground. And to me, I went into it thinking like, okay, let's highlight some of the blocks that are right. that are going to you know that were big. I couldn't pick just one guy because I felt like every guy across the line, both tight ends included, including Big V as a sixth offensive lineman, all had highlight plays in this game that you would say, man, like they got some really good movement against that Buffalo front. Yeah, they did. Uh, I mean, there's a couple of plays in particular we certainly can talk about. Yes. But, um, you know, it struck me. And again, it was obviously a really important win, and, and you can't look past the season. I mean, yeah. obviously they've got the Bears and then the bye, correct? Bears, then bye, right, yes. Right, right. But it was really interesting as I watched the game live and I also you know, watched the tape sure. as to what is the ultimately the best way for the Eagles to play on offense. Mm. You know, and, and believe it or not, I, I started to think a little bit about the Seattle Seahawks okay. because a lot of people would say that, that Russell Wilson is a top three, top five quarterback in the league. Um, obviously, Carson Wentz has not played long enough or 
you know, been in uh, been in a Super Bowl, or, and w- Wilson's been in two, one, one. But the way the Seahawks play is they start their offense with the run game, and they they almost play with Wilson as great as he is and can be, as if he's a complementary piece to an offense. Right. You know, and I just started to think, and let me ask you this: if, as you look at the Eagles' offensive personnel, what what would you say their strengths? the strength of this offense is? Well, I think when you look at how the offense currently is with who's healthy and who's, with who's not. who's healthy? No, I'm speaking I mean, today. Exactly. You know, today. I don't know. What, I mean, that's the, that's the thing. Is right. without, without Deshaun Jackson, you you lose that verticality, right. uh, that ability to stretch the field that um, you know I think we had coming into the season. So And we uh, saw week one. Yeah, and who knows when he – it sounds like he's going to be in the mix for practice this week. We'll see if he's going to be uh, in the mix to play on Sunday, um, you know, and potentially, if not, then after the bye. But I think when uh, Deshaun Jackson's not on the field – this is going to be a team that you they play. I think they played on Sunday. The weather obviously impacted, you know, in terms of leaning on the run. Right. Game. This is a team that's going to have to run the football, and you have to win in the intermediate pass game and find matchups that favor you. Right. Uh, you know, with the guys in the intermediate part of the field, and that's the way that they have to play. And see, I agree with that. And that's and, how they have played. And I, and I know the weather made it such that there are only twenty four balls thrown by exactly. Carson Wentz. Yep. And and maybe to some people, if it wasn't a weather game, might say, well, that's not enough, but. Maybe that's the best way they have to play. One could argue that Howard and Sanders, as as a foundation, I know Sanders got hurt and only played 13 snaps, and I, I don't know what his Felt status like is. Felt like more, yeah. Yeah, I don't know what his status is. Yeah, we'll see. Yep. I guess we'll see as the week goes on. Hopefully he's ready. He sounded confident after the game that it wasn't going to be a thing, and right. I know that Doug Peterson said today that you know that they're going to continue to work with it, and we'll see uh, where he's at. But Right. But it doesn't sound serious. No, it does no, not sound right. serious, yes. Um, no, but it just made me think. So I'm curious to see. And again, this this we're talking about this as if Deshaun Jackson is not playing, and we don't know when he'll be back. And obviously, right. if he comes back, that may change some things. Yep. No, I think when you look at this offense, though, it's kind. Of, I was talking to somebody today, and they say, "Oh, you know, like it was just a change in philosophy." And I, I was like, "I, I don't think it's a lot different. I think that the weather did imp- you know, it took it took your meter and say, okay, we're going to be here for pass game and here for run game, and that swung it the other way a little bit." But the way that they played in the past game, like you saw, you know, maybe we saw a little bit more misdirection. We saw more right. screens, and I think that is the weather for with the weather. That. Then no that's gonna, you're going to force right. you to say, okay, what's not going to be impacted by 30 mile per hour wind gusts? Right, so, okay, right. You know, we're right. going to do the screen. We're going to do things like sure. that. Um, but ultimately, I mean, they're going to try and find matchups for Zach Ertz, Dallas Goddard, Miles Sanders. Try and get those guys open uh, over the middle of the field and try and see if they can make some big plays that way. And I think that that's the way that they've played since week two. To some degree, you know, but I think that – I guess my point is I wonder if the run game needs to be a bigger foundation. Mm. Again, without Deshaun. Sure. Right. Without Deshaun. Um, and we'll see. We'll see going forward. I mean, yeah. they're obviously – this week, if Deshaun's not there, they're playing a Bears team that does have a very good front and does stop the run. And I think the Eagles will try to run the ball regardless. But, yes. But I think that, you know, this week – although you could make the same argument about the Bills' right. defense before this game. Sure. Yeah, it's uh, – look, I, I was very impressed with the yeah. effort on the ground. Jordan Howard ran, has continued to run the ball very hard. Uh, you know, with his – in scouting terms, they say forward lean. Uh, right. Explain what that is, what that looks like, because I think Jordan Howard's a really good embodiment of that. I agree, because Jordan Howard – and I think most people would agree he's not a special runner. You know, he, you wouldn't put him in the Zeke Elliott category just as a pure skill right. set. Yep. But Jordan Howard is a very interesting runner and always has been. He's the kind of back when you watch him, you don't come away and say, wow, that he's just special. But the more you watch him, you see a couple of things. 
Number one, he has a very good feel for finding space in confined areas. Yep. And a very good feel for getting through small creases. And when he gets through those creases, he has the ability to keep going forward. Yep. So, and he has very good contact balance. So when you talk about forward lean, when he is contacted and he's getting ready to be tackled, he's always moving forward for an extra yard or two. He's the classic embodiment of a term I like to use, a sustaining grinder. Mm. That's exactly what Jordan Howard is. You look up, and it looks like he's gaining three yards, and all of a sudden it's second and four. Yep. He's that kind of runner. No question. I think when they can get him up to the second level, you talk about his ability to find those creases. I think a lot of that has to do with just his confidence, uh, not just you know all his confidence in his blockers, but just saying, you know what, this is the hole I'm supposed to go through. I'm going to go through it. Right. If I don't... That's not on me. I'm getting downhill. And that, that allows Correct. him, when he gets to the second level, now he's still at top gear, and it's tough for a linebacker to kind of catch him and stop his force because he just he's right. so big. He's, he's an NFL runner, and yeah. you, know, you know what that means. Right. He, he's a back that continues to go downhill. You don't see him bounce. Yep. I mean, obviously, if the run is called to go outside, you he's start outside. outside. Yeah, sure. But he does not bounce. He looks to go downhill, and when he decides to go downhill, he's very decisive. Yep. And he doesn't hesitate or pause. Yeah. So he had the, the, the really the most of the fourth quarter because the Eagles were going into the wind. The wind had picked up. Sure. So most of it seemed Plus, like four minute drill. That, like early right. fourth quarter. That's well, they what had it the fourteen like. play, eighty three yard drive, yep. which ate up more than eight minutes, in which he had eight carries. Yeah. And one of those was was a was the a twenty yard twenty yarder was an impressive run. I mean, blocking across the board, but oh, it's well, that a was run. pretty good by Kelsey uh, on that play <laughs> on Ed Oliver, <laughs> on Ed Oliver. Drive, driving him off the ball. Oh my God. Um, I think we've got a sense of okay, well, why is Ed Oliver not playing? more I think in this game you kind of saw right. uh, some of that but well and I've seen every Bills game we sure. talked about this last week and he's struggled in yeah. that area in the, in the run it's been yeah. that's been his issue but uh, I think when you look at um, you know the, you talk about his physicality as a runner his forward lean that showed up on that 20 yard well I think you know again you hope that everybody plays this way all the time and and it's just human nature not everybody theoretically does but he came out in this game Howard and it just looked like he was a man possessed. Mm. I mean, even on the block on the long touchdown by by Sanders. Yep. It just looked like Howard was coming out in this game with the attitude of, I'm not going to be denied no matter what it is that I'm doing in this game. I'm going to be honest. And we'll, let's and transition to Sanders. He also had a block in this he game did. that was unbelievable. I, I think it was the, against Milano. Yes, it was. It was, yes. it was big time. It yeah. really prevented a hit on Carson Wentz. Yeah. It was really good. I actually am mad that I didn't tag it to, uh, yeah. to post from the, for the article this week. Uh, it was really, it was a really good play. Yeah. Um, but let's get to that to the Miles Sanders run because uh, I was, look, the longest play for the Eagles this year, 65 yards, uh, the longest play of his career, obviously. Um, comes out of tw- uh, 21 personnel, two backs, one tight end. Correct. Split backs in the gun, which was the first time in this game. Had they shown that this year? So they did it three times last week. Okay. And they did it twice in this game. They threw it on the first one. It was an RPO. They ran the same run concept, right. and he threw a fade to Alshon to the right. Because um, I, know, I know they had done it. Those guys have been on the field together, but I couldn't remember if they actually had a play where – the play started with them fl- both flanking Carson. Yeah, they had one early in the game, and they had at least one because the uh, the touchdown to Goddard last week started with those guys flanked. Jordan Howard was on the left, Sanders was to the right, and he ran down the uh, right down the seam. Right, uh, on right. The but even but, even a few weeks ago against Minnesota, the seam touchdown to Sanders, they were they bo- were not. Yeah, yeah. They were both on the field, but, but Howard went there. in motion. Right, exactly. Right. So that's yeah, yeah. Um, so the the one thing I want to ask you. You know, we talked all offseason and really going back to last offseason about uh, 12 personnel, one back, two tight end, and the need for balance and things like that. 
what is the difference between 21 personnel and 12 personnel in terms of how teams I'm trying to think of the right way to ask this because I think defend a lot of it? people <laughs> yeah defend it and well, then just also I guess the the challenge that face offenses to try and stay balanced out of those looks because when well, we say 21 it's not just a fullback with the two tailbacks I should right. say well here's the difference for a defense right off the bat okay when you have receivers on the line of scrimmage, yep. as tight ends tend to be, I mean, can they be in the backfield? The Eagles don't really do that. Some teams do. Yep. But when the Eagles have two tight ends on the field, they're on the line of scrimmage. Those players, from a defensive perspective, are immediate vertical threats and have to be dealt with as such. When backs are in the backfield, and this is really why the, the all-go-eight-seam concept is really an interesting concept in the league and why every team now seems to be doing it, yep. including the Bears this past week on a, one, on, yeah. with Tariq Cohen for yep. 31 yards, is because backs, when they're offset in the backfield, are removed from the ball and are not immediate vertical threats. Yep. And therefore, the defense just sees that differently and... You know, that's the immediate difference from a defensive perspective. Yeah, I just looking around, I think, you know, and a lot of fa fans and media are quick to say, like, you know, the, we've seen it uh, over the last few weeks here in Philadelphia with all the big plays that Miles Sanders has created. A lot of people are very quick to say, oh, we'll just put him in the slot and you can do that. I think I look at well, Chicago. the defense handles that differently. Exactly. And right. I, I look at what, the, what Green Bay right. and other teams have done to the Chicago Bears when you know they come in, they're coming in. They've got Tariq Cohen. Oh, we're going to make them this dynamic, versatile playmaker. We're going to move them all around. The teams just treated him like a receiver. And they said, okay, right. well, we're going to put a well, slot that, corner right. on him. No question. That takes away the value of that guy, well, in Joe, my mind, for the, right. most, for the most part. I mean, Aaron Jones got a touchdown against Oakland last week where he came out of the backfield. If I'm not mistaken, his long – not his touchdown, but his long completion where he stepped out of bounds this week. He came out of the backfield. Yep. You know, it changes the dynamic for a defense. More often than not, when a back is in the backfield, offset, if a team, let's say, is going to match up, it's going to be a linebacker. Yeah. I, I, to me, Whereas like... if you put him on the line of scrimmage, it changes the defensive dynamic. Right. I, I, just looking at it, it's like, look, the, I know teams always, you know, offensive coaches... They want to be balanced. They never want to be predictable. They never want to say, okay, right. we line up in this personnel grouping. 95% of the time, we're going to throw it. We don't, you don't want that no, to be the case. You don't want that at all. Uh, you know, I, look at the, I look at the Bears. Uh, I charted that this morning. When they're in at least two backs, they throw it 80% of the time. And so to me, I look at it, I'm like, okay. Oh, well, you, you mean you're counting Cohen as a back? Yep, yeah. exactly. So I, when, when, when those two guys or if Mike Davis is on the field with them or they're you know, a 6-0 line? Yeah, that one's a little Which bit different. Which a little nuts this they, week. They, yeah, they did a lot. It was like three of the first five plays, and they did it a bunch throughout the course of the game. It was Montgomery, like a lot. 12 of his 27 carries yeah. came with six with offensive linemen on the field. Yeah, that was uh, the kid's name from Kansas, right? There was the Cornelius Lucas. Cornelius Lucas, yes. yes. Kansas State. Kansas State. Yeah. Big boy, by the big, way. Big, big kid. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I think when, you know, to me, I like the fact that they were able to get an X play in the run game out of 21 personnel because that shows that this is a team that's willing to be able to run the football. You want to come out in nickel, which the Bills were in in that play. That's correct. That allows you to say, okay, like we're going to try and take advantage of this and see if we can get a guy downhill. Having a player like I think like the Howard, Bills were in their conventional nickel, meaning I think they had Taron Johnson. Yes, on the field. it wasn't. It, was it wasn't Dean Marlowe. Yep. Which is their big nickel. Yep. Right. Yeah, and I think that that to me is big for this offense moving yeah. forward. That's um, one the one thing I, th I find to be very interesting because you know now. It, because you talked about it, over the last five, six, seven, eight, and even ten years, we've seen this advent of running backs vertically in the pass game. Right, and a lot of people say, "Okay, well, let's go more two back with two running backs." Well, you're trying not to a create matchups, and you're trying to create situations where the defense plays it differently. Yeah, and and you know, look, there's many ways to play 
We've seen matchups when when backs are detached and split. Obviously, we've yep. seen that too. You know, teams will put a linebacker on them at times. Yep. But defenses can treat that differently when a, when a back is on the line of scrimmage as a split receiver, sure. as opposed to being offset in the backfield. Yeah, it's uh, certainly one of the things I'm I'm very fascinated to continue watching with this Eagles offense uh, moving forward because it's a it's a dynamic that. You know, we weren't necessarily expecting coming in. And and maybe it's a necessary dynamic, particularly without Deshaun. Right. You know, and just a quick aside, one thing I learned very early from a great defensive coach who since passed away, Rod Rust, okay. who goes back to, he coached Mean Joe Green at North Texas. Right. But he was a D coordinator in the league for years and years. And uh, Rod Woodson spoke about him at his uh, Hall of Fame induction because he was with Pittsburgh for a year or two. Right. And he told me the the best way to find out how a defense will play is to send someone down the vertical seam mm. because someone's got, got to go with them. Or if no one goes with them, then that's good for the offense. But, right. but the defense has to react to that in one form or another. Sure. And he was a defensive coach, so right. he knew the weaknesses of defense. In fact, Rod Rust was the guy who's pretty much regarded as the, the one who sort of founded quarters coverage, right. cover four. Yep. So he kind of – you know, he spent about five years with me at NFL Films coming in every Monday to watch tape, and I learned so much about defense. Yeah, no, it's uh, to me, it's certainly one of the things that is very popular in the league right now. Oh, is everybody's attacking doing down it. the seam. Oh, with, my with God. Tight ends and running backs. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get over to the defensive side because I think there's some good takeaways uh, from that group as well. I didn't know what defense I was watching. It was cover one on literally every snap. Yeah, what do you, what do you make of that? Well, there's two takeaways for me. Okay. One is they did that because they had their two corners playing together for mm-hmm. the first time this season. Yep. Darby was back. Or two, it could have been the opponent. Yep. Uh, it's it's one or the other. Sure. We won't find that out till they play Next another week. game. Yeah, right. But, I mean, I wasn't charting it. Maybe you did. But just it seemed like it was cover one on almost every snap. Yeah. I mean, obviously it wasn't every snap, but... That's what it just seemed like watching the tape. Right. No, it's uh, it was a lot of man coverage. Yep. Um, I thought that for the most part, the, the corners held up very well in this game. Uh, albeit, you know, uh, uh, windy conditions and, right. and everything. Maybe going that in. was it too. Right. Yeah. You know, which gets to the specific nature of this game. Sure. And I, I, especially too, uh, you know, I think that you know, trying to keep eyes on on Josh Allen, he saw some opportunities where you know, especially second, third quarter, right. He saw a little bit more spying underneath. Yeah. So trying to delegate to that, I think, um, added to that. You know, and the other factor, too, is it could have been because of Josh Allen, because if you play man, ideally what you're asking a quarterback to do, ideally, is to make very precise throws. Mm-hmm. Yep. And while Josh Allen is an improving player, that would certainly not be viewed as his, as his strength at this sure. point. Yeah, no, they... Look, we, we expected – we talked about their run game last week. Uh, and In this game, we expected that they'd come in, try and run the football. The Eagles rotating in new defensive tackles. Bruce Hector called off the practice squad in the yep. weekend. He got the start. Anthony Rush played a lot, number 66. Uh, we saw uh, Albert Huggins. Albert they got Huggins. off the Houston practice squad. So Clemson, all, as yeah, I recall. From Clemson. He was the backup to two first-round play, picks there. He played in the uh, the two games, I believe, he was the starter when Lawrence – uh, In the playoffs, yep. Could not play. Yeah. yeah, so I think when you look at uh, you know what the Eagles had going into the game, Buffalo – said, all right, we're going to come out and try right. and run the football. Tough sledding. The, the, yeah. the defensive front was very stout. I thought Fletcher had maybe his best game of the year, uh, and Brandon Graham was outstanding as yeah, well. Yeah, Fletcher showed up for sure. Yep. And, and I thought Graham really flashed in this game. Yeah, there was. Uh, you saw power. You saw strength. Yeah. Uh, High-intensity plays. You know, yep. guys making plays in pursuit. Run game across the board. The defense was really, really strong. Um, you know, and look, they were able to get after Allen as well. Four sacks on the day, yep. uh, which is what you want to see in that kind of – especially considering there wasn't a ton of dropbacks either. 
No, they were not. But it was a good defensive performance, and it was just fascinating, you know, uh, to turn the tape on and see how much man-to-man mm. they played. Yeah, no, it was uh, it was very interesting. Yeah. Uh, let me ask you this. Uh, the Eagles make a trade uh, on Monday afternoon. Right. Uh, they trade what the reports say is a, a future 2021 fourth round pick for Jannard Avery. Right. Uh, a player, a pass rusher out of Memphis, Memphis originally. It was a fifth round pick in 2018. Uh, had four and a half sacks as a rookie last year. Yeah. Uh, new coaching staff. Greg Williams is out. Uh, Steve Wilkes is in. Uh, so new staff. They I think he was only Olivier active. Vernon. Yep. They brought in Olivier Vernon. It's a good point too. Um, you know, and so new staff, new situation, only active, I think for two games this year, including this past Yeah, which week. really surprised me. I, I, I thought that last year in 2018, I thought he jumped off the film. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy that's dynamic. He, you know, obviously he's a little smaller. I mean, he's not your prototype in size. Six foot 250. As yep. an edge player. Yep. But he did that extremely well for Cleveland last year. Yep. Um, now, Steve Wilkes, obviously, I think is a little more traditional and conventional in his view of a 4-3, whereas I think Greg Williams is probably a little more out of the box at times. Yep. Just a, just a philosophy thing. No one's right. No one's wrong. Uh, but I think Avery really was dynamic. You know, it's also when teams do things like that, it probably is a function, too, that the Eagles had Avery uh, evaluated pretty well. Because yep. you're not going to trade for a guy who's only been in the league two years that you didn't like coming out. Right. It was especially one who's only played a handful of snaps this year. Exactly. Right. So obviously they they liked him coming out. They, I'm sure they spent a lot of time looking at his uh, production from 2018, which I thought was very good. Yep. And... Um, he just adds some explosiveness to me he does. to a defense that needs it. Yeah, he adds some speed up front. Yeah, um, I think. Look, I I watched him in Memphis uh, just like you did, and you know they played it. He played a couple different spots, right. a, lot, a lot off the ball as a stacked linebacker, as well as off the edge. They kind of mixed up responsibilities, right. and I thought at his size. Man, like I don't know, like is he is he going to be an off ball linebacker or is he going to be an edge player? Right. Uh, and he he comes into the league and he was really explosive off the edge last year. I watched all of his snaps this afternoon uh, from he was last year. Very explosive, dynamic, disruptive. Uh, look, he's a he's a high a high side rusher. He's yeah. going to win with speed. He's going to win with the chop move and try and dip the corner. But he's really good at dipping the corner and accelerating, yeah. man. I mean, he can get well, to the Well, those smaller backfield. guys can do that. Yes. Um, you know, So he can turn the corner. Yeah. He's got natural leverage, uh, the ability to accelerate on his way to the quarterback, created some big plays for that defense. Um, and then the motor. I mean, the, the high no motor question. plays as well. And, again, he's coming to a team where he's not going to be playing 70 snaps a game. No question, yeah. So, uh, you know, it's a good pickup. I think they need some explosiveness on their defense. And, and I don't know how they totally see him. Maybe there are snaps, too, given the, the linebacker situation where he plays – uh, off the ball, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I think that I mean, when he does have experience doing he that, he does have experience doing that. I think when uh, you look at some of the things the Eagles have done from a sub package standpoint, and you know, standing some guys up, moving them into the B gap, yeah. doing different things with stunts and twists, I think he'll bring a lot of value there. As I well. would agree. Yeah, that's something that he did pretty well uh, going back to last year in 2018 in Cleveland. So, um, yeah, I think it's going to be very intriguing. I think big picture too. I think you look at this defensive end group and you say, all right, you know, you've got some young players now and a bunch of former fir- fourth and fifth round picks, uh, Josh Sweat. You've got now, uh, you know, Jannard Avery. You've got Sharif Miller this past year. Um, they have also Joe Osman, who's out for the year with an injury right. that he suffered this summer, but looked good in the summer. So guys that I think are going to factor in into the rotation moving well, forward. Sweat seems and Deshaun Hall as well for right. a third round pick. Sweat seems to be the guy that they like now because this particular week anyway, when they went to their sub front, yep. you know, it was Sweat and Barnett uh, on the edge and Cox and Graham inside. Yep. Sweat was getting those snaps on yep. the edge. I, and I'll tell you what, he's, 
he's continuing to have a few nice rushes every yeah. week. Like I'm I'm very very pleased with how you know his development. I know well, so that are they obviously. Yeah, I think it's not it, obviously it hasn't shown up with like oh he's got seven sacks so far this year. It's not always the case. That's yeah. yeah I, th I think when you watch him, you see a guy that's right. really coming along as right. a pass rusher because that was his thing for you know coming out was. Man, you see the size, you see the strength, the motor, the the first step. You know, right. when it's all there, but it just has to figure it out. Sure, he's showing that he's figuring it out, which is good to see. Yeah. Um, all right, let's get to this matchup against Chicago. It's going to be interesting because I think you know the Bears obviously have had very high expectations coming off the season they had last year. Uh, one of the better teams in the NFC from a record standpoint. They go to the playoffs, um, you know, and then the the Eagles bounce them from the postseason. Argue that they should have won that game. Yeah, I mean, that, know, they the, kicked the field goal. Yep, and, it's blocked field goal yeah. that you know falls down, uh, you know, off the the fingertips of Trayvon Hester, but. Um, they haven't met. I don't think they've met expectations no. so far this year. It's they're three and four. I believe, yeah, they're right? three and four. Yeah. Uh, so what, let's talk about their offense. What are you seeing from this Bears offense? Well, I think they've struggled. Look, I, I, Mitchell Trubisky's taken a lot of heat. Uh, people can debate what he is or what he isn't. Yep. Um, but he, he obviously missed some games. Now he's back. Um, I think they're trying to figure out what they are offensively. Yeah. Uh, you know, they drafted David Montgomery from Iowa State who in their mind was a better Jordan Howard, which is why Jordan Howard's not there anymore. Yep. And through the early part of the season, they could not get the run game going. Um, you know, people would yell and scream that they need to run the ball. Well, they did run the ball. I mean, Montgomery had a game a few weeks ago with 18 carries, followed by a game with 21 carries, yep. and they didn't gain a lot of yards. Yeah. So they were running the ball. They just weren't running it with any success. Yeah. They got the double teams going at the point of attack yesterday. Oh, a lot my of God. Team stuff. They moved, they moved the charge. I, I, I just... Just so you know, I mean, and I don't know if you sometimes do this, but I just charted every one of his runs okay. and, and just type of runs. Yeah, sure. And you had ISO lead out of straight eye, power out of shotgun, same side power out of shotgun, duo slash inside zone out of shotgun, inside trap from offset alignment yep. with Cohen the eye back. Yep, yep. Outside zone is an eye back, zone lead out of straight eye, a pin pulse Scheme with both offensive guards pulling. Gap scheme with both the offensive guard and the offensive tackle pulling across the formation. Yep. I mean, they had a lot of different runs. A lot of variety there. And six offensive line personnel, which tells you, I think, where they see themselves right now. Yep. Uh, they they're generating big plays at a lesser rate than the Eagles are. I mean, they're they're right. not no, big I know. plays offensively. But I think they're trying to you know Trubisky has come back. He's been very up and down. Although he did make some good throws this week. The one of Trey Burton was a big time throw. Yeah, and he also I thought that some of those throws were really well defined and well schemed by Matt Nagy against a pretty much anticipated cover three defense, right, which yes. the Chargers play a lot of. Yep. Um, so. You know, obviously Montgomery got going this past week. The use of six O-line personnel was a major component of their offense. They pretty much lined up and said, here we are. We're going to run the ball. Yeah. No, it's uh, that's gonna be the test I think in this game is you gotta you gotta keep that from happening. Try and make them one dimensional. I feel like that's a broken record because we've said that over the last few weeks. But uh, well, I think most week, defenses, you know, look, unless you're playing Tom Brady or you know one of those guys, you pretty much want to play. And there's not many of those guys, by the way. Right. You know, you pretty much want to make every team one dimensional yeah. and having to throw the ball. Yeah. No, uh, and look with the quarterbacks that they've played. I think one of the other themes that we'll see uh, in this game. Like last week, like the week before, the quarterback—if you're able to confuse him and get to him—yeah, he can. He'll, he may throw right. you a couple, but 
If you get to him, you've got to get him to the ground because he can make plays with his feet. He did that on that final drive to put them in field goal range to win the game. Uh, The final play was him scrambling and put them in position to win the game. And he can do that. Yeah. Um, So the question becomes, getting back to the man coverage, look, they obviously played a quarterback who could run this week, and they chose to play a lot of man coverage. Yep. So will they choose to play a lot of man coverage this week? I actually think the receiving core of the Bears – is pretty it's good. Pretty good. It's and, a good group. and and if they didn't, you know, if, if Trubisky and Chase Daniel, who played for two or three games, you know, if those guys were a little more consistent, we might be talking about a receiving core that's pretty good. I mean, yeah. it's Gabriel, it's Anthony Miller, who I really like and had some plays this week, and we know what Allen Robinson is. Yep. I mean, Allen Robinson isn't quite Michael Thomas from the Saints, but stylistically, he's similar. He's a big body, very smooth, very smooth, and he can line up as the X. He can line up in the slot. Uh, so he's a tough matchup. Yep. And and if the Eagles choose to play a lot of man, the question becomes: Hey, they could put him in the slot, and maybe that's Sidney Jones. Yep. He's uh, on pace for about 100 catches, over a thousand yards yeah. this season. Uh, has been good against the Eagles in the past. This is a guy that can go up and get it. No he's question. a good receiver. He's a good receiver. So they have good receivers. Yep. It's just that the quarterback play has been very, very spotty. Yeah. Uh, well, let's uh, let's go over to the other side because I think um, you know defensively, I think that's the the side of the ball that they wanted to hang their hat on. Uh, you know, they lose Adrian Amos in free agency. He goes from Chicago over to Green Bay. They lose Vic Fangio. Obviously, he goes over to Denver to be the Broncos' right. head coach. Um, Outside of that, not a ton of turnover. They lost Akeem Hicks due to injury midway through the season. A couple weeks ago, they lost him. Now, is he done? He's on injured reserve. I'm not sure if they think he's going to come back okay. or not. Um, That's a big on, loss. He is on, on, on injured reserve. Although on they've got, reserve. I mean, some guys who are not names. Like, I think Robertson Harris has played well. I mean, you go back to week one, that Green Bay game, the opening game of the year, he was, I mean, he had, what do you have, two and a half sacks in that I'll game. i tell you another guy that, to me, and I've watched every Bears defensive game, yeah. who stands out to me is Nick Williams. Nick Williams makes plays. No and, doubt. And I didn't realize when he'd come in the league. He's been with five or six teams. He came out of Samford. Samford, yeah. 2013. He looks leaner but, than he did. I remember coming out. He, he was is, a big kid. He is long. Yes. He's athletic. Yep. I mean, he's he shows up on tape. They've developed a lot of, of big athletic yep. kids in the interior. They're, they're still a little bit raw, but they make flash plays. And, and it's going to be interesting because... Look, Andre, you know, I don't know what Jason Peters' status is. Yeah, you I know? don't know. No, I don't no. know. I mean, if Dillard has to go, he's got to – this will be a tough deal. Yeah. You know, it'll be interesting how the Eagles choose to handle that. There's many ways to handle that. Yes. You know, people probably automatically say, oh, you got a double team. Well, you don't have to. There's right. ways to handle that with your play calling, with your formations. There's You're talking many- about the matchup with Cleo Mack. Or even with Floyd, Floyd. who's pretty good too, by the way. I like Leonard Floyd a lot coming out of Georgia. I think that when you look at him, he's more the kind of player you would want Diller to match up with from an athleticism. He has developed a little bit more power. He has. uh, But obviously, Khalil Mack's a problem. That's a a problem for anybody. That's a problem for anybody. Yep. So, you know... We'll see how the Eagles choose to handle that. Um, obviously, it's not as much of a problem if you can stay in normal down and distance situations. It becomes a problem if it's third and nine, if there's too many of those. Yep. Um, but, uh, but no, they've got players. And, you know, I, I tell you what, I, by the way, I don't think Roquan Smith has played quite as well this year as he did a year ago. He has not, no. I think he's a little slow to trigger this year. Trevathan he's, has been a little slow to trigger as well. Both guys, I although think. I think Trevathan is really good. Trevathan's a good player. Yeah. I've always liked Trevathan. Yeah, I like Trevathan. I think both guys have yeah. been a, just yeah. a little bit hair late to kind yeah. of see things and um, trigger a little bit. But I mean, they they can be in any given game. They can be great players. I'll tell you who's impressed me. Kyle Fuller's really good. He's a good player. The pick he had yeah. this week was really, really good. Yeah, he's good. a really good player. Uh, really instinctive. Although I thought that was a pressure pick. It was a pressure pick. I forget who. It might have been Mac. 
I believe so. I you're, believe bre- you're, you're breaking it down on Eagles game plan this week, so we'll. we'll so dive I guess into we'll play. find out. Well, I did. <laughs> we'll I, find out here I did bit. make a note of it, so let's see what I said. <laughs> let's see, because it was early in the game. Yep. Um, it was a third. It was third down. They're one of the best third down defenses in football. Oh no! It was the Blitz and Trevathan who was clean through the A gap. It, it was an A gap pressure. Yeah, right? yeah, it was yeah. A mug front. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a good looking blitz, and they yeah. had so basically what they did is they had Cleo. That's right, they had Cleo Mack on the offensive left side. So the defense or the offense they slid the protection that way, right? And so they attacked the man side of the protection right. with a stunt, right? And he came in it clean. Was, it was nice. Yeah, really nice. It was, done. it was really. And by the way, they played a ton of dime this week on third down. Yeah, much more than they have throughout the season. Yeah, what do you, what do you think of that? Again. In their mind, yeah. it was important for this game because right. they'd only played, I think, 12 or 13 snaps of dime the whole year going into this game. And I believe they played dime on every third down but one. Was Chuck Pagano a dime player or a dime coach in uh, in Indy? You know, I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. But either. they played Dion Bush, who's a safety from Miami, who I like coming out. Yeah. Now, at times, they also played dime with a fourth corner with McManus. Right. But this week, they played dime with Bush. And. A couple of times he was on the line of scrimmage, but he matched up to the tight end versus 11. He matched up to Hunter Henry. Interesting. Well, that'll be something to watch yeah. for, the, for this matchup for sure. Um, it's a really good third down defense. Uh, they certainly can bring pressure. It's still a good defense. The corners yeah. are, are very experienced. and they, Very they're, solid. Their route recognition is really good. Yeah. They uh, don't flop them. No. Uh, uh, Prince plays on the right. Yep, Prince and Mukamara's right uh, corner. He's on the right, and Fuller plays on the left. Yep. Um, and Buster Screen, who's been in the league a lot of years, year too. is a good player. Yeah. And you know what? For a little guy, he's physical and aggressive. Yeah. He'll, he'll stick his nose in there. He's a good slot corner. Yeah. And then you've got uh, Eddie Jackson, who hasn't made as many big plays no, this year with turnovers are, yeah, you know, that's, yeah. that was kind of expected. Yeah. He's a good player on the back end. And Clinton Dix. Clinton Dix. Yep. It's a solid back end. It is. It's a, it's a good defense from yeah. a personnel standpoint. Yep. Um, it's, it's I think they play a little more man coverage under Chuck Pagano than they did under. Vic Fangio, and yep. a little more single high. Vic had that kind of blurred lines with his safeties. Third down, it's heavy, heavy. single high man. It's Correct. Heavy single heavy high man. Heavy single high man. Yeah, that's yeah. that's kind of the, their MO. Because just wanted to, you know, to give people a peek behind the curtain, when we're doing Eagles game plan, you know, sometimes it's easy. You go in and say, all right, what do I want to talk about for this defense? All right, we're talking about that. But for some teams, I'm like, all right, well, let's find out what are they really good at. Okay, let's try and dive in. Right. So for this one, uh, you know, we could talk about what do they do with Cleo Mack, what do they do here, what do they do there. But I said, you know what, this is a top five third down defense. What do they do? So I dove in. They play single high man. Single high man. You're going to see a little bit of pressure, but they, it's not about sacks and like big play. They just they play tight coverage and those corner. They let those corners right. play. It's yeah. a it's a it's a good group. But they'll stunt too. Yes, they will. They do, yeah. do a good amount They're of stunts. Good stunt at that. Uh, it's a Leonard, tough matchup. Leonard Floyd's a really good uh, you know, impact player in those stunts and twists. Yes, yeah. exactly. No, no, this is a tough matchup. Yeah, it'll be a fun one. Well, yeah. Greg, uh, we will be joining you this week or, or next week to break down this matchup. Appreciate the time here. Uh, as always, on the Eagle Eye in the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. All right, Fran. Great stuff from Greg, and you could follow him on Twitter just like I do, at Greg Cosell. And while you're at it, I'm at FDuffy3. That's where I post all the podcasts I'm a part of and all of our X's and O's content that we produce here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. And you know how much I appreciate everybody that promotes this podcast on any and all forms of social media. That is one way to support the show, but the best way is to go on to Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. Wherever you listen to the show, just go on, log in, 
leave us a little bit of a rating, leave us a little bit of a comment, and give us a little bit of love because that helps boost us up the rankings and allows this show to be a little bit more visible to other people who are searching for similar content. So wherever you listen, leave a rating, leave a comment. I wanted to give a shout out to a couple of people who did just that recently. We'll start with AA Berg 80 who left a five-star review saying they get a football education every time they listen to the show. Really appreciate that. Appreciate that, AA Berg. And then lastly, uh, Meinl1981 left a five-star review calling it an excellent show. Appreciate both of you for listening each week and also for the reviews. Anybody out there for listening, we really appreciate everything that you do for this show and all the others here at PhiladelphiaEagles.com. All right, let's get on with the show. Let's get into my notes on Chicago Bears running back David Montgomery. I'll share what I thought from him coming from Iowa State this past spring. It's time for Scouting Report. Dim those lights. We're headed to the film room for the Scouting Report. All right, so David Montgomery, he was a second-team all-conference player this past year in 2018 for uh, the Iowa State Cyclones. Played was a two-year starter there for Matt Campbell. Lined up mostly in the shotgun, but uh, a lot of zone stuff, a lot of uh, a lot of gap schemes. They did a lot of little mixing and matching there schematically for him in that run game. Was used in a few different ways. They had a wildcat package for him. They used him in the pass game a little bit. Uh, above average height and weight for the position. He looked the part for an NFL running back. For the positives, he excelled at forcing missed tackles. That was the name of the game, especially with his contact balance. That was really the thing that he hung his hat on most. He ran behind his pads, good forward lean. He can bowl his way through contact to pick up extra yardage. Off contact, I thought he did a nice job using his stiff arm to stay alive uh, with runs. and did a nice job. Had a really relentless nature to picking up every inch he could as a ball carrier. I think that that has shown up so far. We're about halfway through his rookie season. I think that that has shown up uh, on his film with the Chicago Bears. But he's not just a power back. I thought he was a little bit slippery, uh, more slippery than you would expect for a bigger guy as well. Had the ability to make a man miss in a phone booth. Did He only fumbled one time in six games uh, that I had studied, so I thought he did a pretty good job taking care of the football. And while he wasn't a true mismatch player outside the numbers, I thought that he had the ability to be a reliable player in the screen game. So a re- reliable weapon on third down uh, in the passing game that you liked as a receiver. Now from a negative standpoint, uh, I was a little bit worried about him in pass protection. I think ultimately... Uh, uh, you know, a guy that was a relatively assignment sound, but did have a couple of uh, missed opportunities as a blocker. So that was a concern for me coming into the NFL. I didn't see him as an explosive or dynamic athlete, not a guy that would be a mismatch player. So if you talk about, okay, what are the differences between Montgomery and a Miles Sanders? I thought Miles Sanders a little bit more dynamic and a little bit more consistent in pass protection. Those were really the two big differences for those two guys. Uh, and he did, uh, Montgomery, leave some runs on the field. There were times where I thought he was a little bit too anxious just to try and cut back and find play, find plays outside the numbers. So while he did a good job of making people miss, I thought he could be a little bit more judicious with staying inside the structure of the play. Uh, so those were some of the negatives I had on David Montgomery, but a good player that I liked. I had him and Miles Sanders very close together coming out of, of college football this past spring, and both have been able to have, find impacts here so far in their rookie seasons in the NFL. Overall, I wrote down about Montgomery. Not a guy I would call a special athlete, but he has a knack for making people miss. He refused to go... Uh, down and settle for short yardage. He'll get dirty yards for you. Not a big play threat as a runner or as a receiver, but I saw a high floor player who can serve in a committee, potentially be a primary ball carrier in a good NFL run game. And that's kind of where he's at right now is that he's the lead back in a committee. Both he and Tariq Cohen certainly play a part in that run game for the Bears. You've got Mike Davis there as well, who's a veteran in this league. So he's playing the part as a lead back in a committee. They obviously hope that he'll continue to make strides as a runner and be the featured part of that 
that run game, at least in that, in that offense as it's structured now. But Montgomery's certainly a player to keep an eye on for the future. All right, that'll do it. Another show in the books here on the Eagle Line the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade. Again, appreciate anybody that can go and leave us uh, a rating and leave us a comment or a question. We will answer it here on the show on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. All that being said, we will talk to you next week here on the Eagle Line the Sky podcast, fueled by Gatorade.